The scripture reading is from Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she strained up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites! Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he heard this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be, Thanks to, God. be to God. Good morning. I think that we can all agree that sleep is important. Um, and there's a reason why sleep is considered one of the five basic things that humans need to survive. They say an average person sleeps about seven to eight hours a day. So that basically comes out to 26 years of our life we spent that sleeping. So it's about a third of your life you spend sleeping. Um, and that proves to us that sleep or rest is vital for our survival. And if we even think about food, the human body can actually go longer without food than it can without sleep. Now the question is, what happens if we don't have enough sleep? Um, they say at 24 hours, we have impaired coordination, memory, and judgment. At 36 hours, our physical health starts to be negatively impacted. At 48 hours, we start having micro-sleeps, or just very short periods of sleep that can be measured in seconds. And we can become disoriented. At 72 hours, we have major cognitive deficits, and we can also start hallucinating. So the effects of not having sleep are pretty significant. Um, and the reason why I'm talking about sleep is to show us that resting is impo immensely important for us. This passage does not talk about having a good night's rest, unfortunately, right? But it does reveal the importance of it, of resting. The passage connects rest with the Sabbath but it goes beyond just rest. The Sabbath is also a time for us to celebrate God's mercy and the freedom that he's brought through Christ. And so rest and celebration comes hand in hand. Without rest, we can't celebrate. And so the Sabbath reminds us to regularly rest in God and enjoy the ultimate rest that he has given his people through Christ. And for us, our Sabbath, of course, is temporary. And we do have an eternal Sabbath waiting for us. But in the meantime, we should be resting and we should be celebrating and finding joy during our Sabbath. I, I remember a, a seminary professor who shared um, something with us in our class. He was saying, our need for sleep or, or our need for rest and sleep tells us that we cannot do it all on our own. Many times, we can't fulfill all the tasks that we have in one day. 
And it's meant to reveal to us that our bodies are weak. It's failing, and it's very limited. So resting is a spiritual exercise because it helps us to acknowledge that we cannot do everything on our own, and all the more we must depend on Him. Our bodies need physical rest to recover daily. But again, rest is also a spiritual exercise because we are placing our strength and trust in our God. So today what I want to do is I want us to look at three people or groups in our passage today that helps show how the Sabbath is meant for rest and celebration and why that is so significant. The three people in the groups involved include the woman, the synagogue leader, and the crowd. We'll look at these three groups to reveal how Jesus brings to us the real purpose of the Sabbath and again, how it shows that we need to rest and we need to celebrate that. So, before we look at the woman in our passage, I want to share. The word Sabbath is found about 68 times in the New Testament, and about 56 of those times is found in the Gospels alone, the four books. And that's pretty significant if it shows up that many times. And we often hear the Sabbath mentioned in the Gospels when Jesus is working or healing. However, when Jesus worked or healed on the Sabbath, it created controversy. The leaders, the religious leaders, were often under the impression that you should refrain from any work and you should keep the Sabbath holy. And so, rightly so, they, they got upset and they got angry. And what's also interesting about when Jesus speaks about the Sabbath, it usually involves those who are hurting or in need. And what's unique about, those, about the people in those instances is their place in society and their situation. The hearts that Jesus touches the lives that he radically changes on the Sabbath, they all have something in common. They were broken, they were forgotten, unnoticed, and even isolated. And so this is similar to life of the woman here in our passage. So I want us to start by looking at this woman. It says, for 18 years of her life, she has been crippled by a spirit and was bent over. Now that's quite a long time. Um, the scripture doesn't tell us when her problems started, but for us, that would have been perhaps around the same time that most of us would have started working or perhaps our first year of college. That's how long she has been going through this pain. Now, also considering that this condition most likely affected her spine, it would have been extremely uncomfortable and it would have been extremely painful. She won't be able to walk properly, sit properly, lay properly, can't do anything well. And we also have to imagine the social and the psychological effects this would have had on this woman. If you think about their context, perhaps similar to even now, people would have actively avoided her and even then would have seen her as unclean. And people would have probably stared at her, talked about her behind her back. And this is the kind of life she lived. One that was filled with so much pain, that was filled with so much trauma, but on top of that, she was isolated. In another passage, when Jesus encounters a woman who has been bleeding for many years, she was healed by going up to Jesus and touching his garment. However, Jesus' encounter with the woman in our passage was different. The woman who has been bleeding for many years saw Jesus first, and she made the way to go and approach him first. But the woman here with the bent back, Jesus saw her first and called to her 
So some say that the woman with the bent back was perhaps coming to worship instead of seeking to be healed. Jesus saw her and had a great deal of compassion on her. And what's interesting is that the scripture says nothing about this woman's faith or obedience that made her worthy to be healed. She was healed. The Sabbath radically changed this woman's life. This woman who has been in pain for 18 years of her life and perhaps isolated from her community. The Sabbath had brought her rest from her pain and her trauma. And if we think about all the things she probably tried, she probably exercised, went to the physicians, all the religious leaders, but none of that helped. It was finally on the Sabbath when she encountered Jesus that she was given a new life. And perhaps for the first time in her life on the Sabbath, she was no longer shunned and isolated. She was acknowledged and she was loved. And she was able to finally find some rest. During my graduate program, I was helping out at a high school and I worked with several different students. Um, and one student in particular that I worked with had a condition that affected his spine. Um, and his condition would affect everything from his waist down, affect his posture, and even his walking. I'm not 100% sure what he was diagnosed with, but I did know that the condition was degenerative, meaning that as time went on, it will only get worse until the day he won't be able to walk anymore. Now, there was no way to stop that from happening, but there are ways to prevent that from happening faster, which is just to make sure you're on top of your treatments, mostly through physical and occupational therapy. And I, and I remember him so clearly because he was so hopeful that he would eventually get better. He made sure to go to all of his PT and his OT appointments. He even wanted to transfer to a school that would offer him better services. He also hated being seen with his paraprofessional as he was walking the hallways, as he, was go as he would go into class. He was under the belief that he was getting better and that one day he would be healed. Now, I wished with every part of me that I could have told him that everything was gonna be okay. That if he kept going to his treatments, that he kept exercising, seeing his doctors, that he was gonna get better. But unfortunately, that wouldn't be the case. And I also wish that I could have told him that there was at least a way, a way for him to at least find rest. And of course, in that setting, I was not allowed to say it, but the way that he will be able to find rest, even in his condition, and all the things that he was going inside of him internally, that he will be able to find rest from not anything in this world or of this world. And the way would have been through Christ and ultimately in the final Sabbath to come. Now, I'm not saying if you come to church, you'll be instantly healed of any pain or injury, although it's possible. But more than anything, it allows you to see the one who brings ultimate rest. The Sabbath was made for our rest, for our healing and nourishment. It's also meant to sustain us as we walk our daily walks. I want us now to look at the synagogue leader. I mentioned that when Jesus mentioned the Sabbath, it usually involves those who are hurting or in need, but it also usually involved a religious leader. In this passage, 
the leader that is mentioned does not see the woman, but he just wanted to keep the Sabbath law. He cared so little about this woman's need. And so the leader of the synagogue reacts similarly to how every one of Jesus' opponents react. Now, reading this, the passage states that he was indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he turned to the people and said, there are six days for work. So come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. Now, I don't know about anyone else, but I was reading, as I was reading this, I was like, wow, this guy is really passive aggressive. Um, he doesn't say this to Jesus directly, but he turns to the crowd. And although this might be passive aggressive, I think there's a reason why this leader turns to the crowd instead of confronting Jesus directly. One reason might be that Jesus is dearly loved by the crowd. You don't just simply um, confront somebody like that. But when we think about it, we have to consider that the religious leaders were very smart. We often see the religious leaders losing to Jesus, um, but they were well-respected leaders with so much knowledge and wisdom, although they weren't right in many times. So the leader knew that he can get the crowd watching and riled up, Jesus would be dismissed as the one who was promised and seen as breaking the law. He wanted to turn people against Jesus, and the way to do that was through a crowd, because more is accomplished through a crowd than it is just one individual. But we have to always remember, um, like in all the instances where the leader loses to Jesus, this is also the case, Jesus is wiser than this leader, and he responds so well. Jesus responds to the leader and his opponents, and he says, You hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, the daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? Jesus is basically saying, Is this woman not worth more than an animal? An ox or a donkey is allowed to be set free so they can get water, so they can ultimately survive. But why can't this woman who has been in so much pain and agony, physically, emotionally, psychologically, and perhaps even spiritually, be allowed to be set free and to, to find some rest? And if we look at this passage closer, Jesus isn't just defending his own status and his own power, but he's also defending this woman. The synagogue leader says to the crowd that you should not be allowed to be healed on the, on the Sabbath. You should come on the, uh, any other the six days to come and be healed. Think about how this woman would have felt and what she was thinking as those words were coming out of the leader's mouth. And so Jesus knew this. He stepped up in her place to cover the shame and the guilt that she was starting to feel because of this leader. Jesus radically changes the meaning and the purpose of the Sabbath. Jesus says, the Sabbath is meant for his people to find a rest in him and celebrate all that he has done. And just like this woman who was saved from her pain, Jesus also saved us from ours. And before we look at the last group, I want to look at one more thing in, in Jesus' response to the leader. 
Jesus calls this woman a daughter of Abraham. In other words, he calls her his own, one of his covenant people. I shared before, the scripture says nothing that made her worthy to be healed. Not, nothing about her faith, nothing about her obedience, nothing about her worship. The only qualification is that she was a daughter of Abraham. In other words, it was freely given. Now, the last group I want us to look at is the crowd. Now, after Jesus responds to the synagogue leader, the scripture says this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. We also see a similar response from the woman after she was healed. In verse 13, it says, then he put his hands on her, and immediately she strained up and praised God. As I was reading that, I found so much comfort in those words that the proper response to Jesus' healing and work is not criticism, but praise. The only people not celebrating are the religious leaders, those who have made the Sabbath mean something less or something else. And because Jesus brought forth rest, his people are able to celebrate. And for us, his death marks a rest we can find in what he has done and the ultimate rest we can find when he returns. And so we have every reason to celebrate. There's this song that I used to sing when I was in Sunday school. I don't think it was initially meant to be a children's song, but because of its light, upbeat, and just repetitive nature, um, it gets played a lot in children's settings. It's a very simple song. I'm not going to sing it for us, um, but I'm going to read some of the lyrics. Uh, and some of you might be familiar with it. The song is called Trading My Sorrows, and it, and it goes like this. I'm trading my sorrow. I'm trading my shame. I'm laying it down for the joy of the Lord. I'm trading my sickness. I'm trading my pain. I'm laying it down for the joy of the Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. The person who wrote the song, Daryl Evans, said this. It's a song that everyone who has had a bad day, a bad week, or even a bad month can relate to because it celebrates laying those burdens down before the Lord and trading them for the joy he has to offer. The, the other New Testament book outside of the Gospels that contains the word Sabbath the most is the book of Acts. Now we know in the book of Acts, Jesus' disciples were increasing in number and the church was growing. But even in the work that was being done, they never forgot to keep the Sabbath. They made sure to rest, and they made sure to celebrate the work of Christ by devoting that day for him. The gospel calls the outcast, the hurting, the one who holds so much shame and sorrow. He calls them to himself, and by responding to his call, we can find rest in the joy that we have been seeking. Scripture tells us that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. 
So in other words, it was meant, it was created to help us. So the meaning of the Sabbath is one filled with rest and everlasting joy. I was watching um, a chef cook, and he was cooking ribs. Um, and he said, although ribs made in a, in a smoker and, and made in your traditional like barbecue style taste great, he said, ribs made in your oven, if, if it's done right, is just as good. And the reason he says this is because ribs made in your oven is for everyone. Anyone can make it. Anyone can enjoy it. And just like ribs made in your oven, the gospel and the rest and the celebration that comes with Christ is for everyone. And I did want to share that Christ is better than any ribs that you've ever had, whether it's been made in an oven or smoker, grilled, whatever. And so I want to conclude with this. God, in his infinite wisdom, in his infinite mercy, gave us the Sabbath. He knew we would be too busy with our jobs, with our families and studies, and that so many things would distract us from him. He knew he needed to set aside a day for people to rest. And he knew he needed to set aside a day where people can come and celebrate and worship him. And all of that is to prepare us for what is to come, where we will have everlasting rest and there will be a never-ending celebration. So looking at your own life, is there something causing you shame or sorrow? Are you hurting? And do you have any burdens, whether it's visible or it's not? I want to encourage you on the Sabbath day to come, to not to make the Sabbath mean something less, to come and lay everything down before the Lord, for the isolated, for the lonely, and those who have known Christ their whole life. And just like the woman in our passage, find rest in him. And as you find rest, find your joy in the Lord and celebrate all that he has done. So I invite you to rest and I invite you to celebrate with joy and thanksgiving. Let's pray. Lord, we gather on another Sunday. And Lord, this is a gift that you have given us. A day that we can find rest. A day that we can celebrate in the midst of all that is happening in our lives. Lord, you're able to heal this woman who has been crippled for 18 years of her life. What's not to say, Lord, that you can heal us, that you can nourish us, and that you can sustain us in the things that we are going through. So God, I pray that we may place our trust in you. And Lord, we may look to Sabbath seeking rest and seeking to find our joy in you. Pray all this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.